Hello and welcome to What Else Do You Do? I'm your host, Masao. I'm a producer at Studio Cut to Bits in Montreal. And today, our guest is Noemi Rollo. Please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Noemi, and I am an associate producer at Square Enix Montreal, uh, where I work on mobile games. And I've been in the industry for 10 years this year. Congratulations. Thank you. So our podcast is called What Else Do You Do? So what else do you do? In my spare time, I knit and I sew. How long have you been doing that? About uh, 11, 12 years, like more seriously. I dabbled when I was a kid. My grandma showed me how to sew, how to knit, how to embroider when I was really little. But I've picked it up much more seriously when my dad passed away about 11 years ago as a kind of a way of coping. I had a like real weird summer after he passed away where I didn't really know like where I was doing and how to really manage myself and I started to make my first dress actually that summer so every time I would be like not working or not busy I would work on that it would it's really a way for me to like focus my thoughts and not like go into like kind of grief spirals if you want or anxiety spirals so that really helped and I've never stopped since then. So what what do you like to sew? Uh, clothes. I don't really do like house stuff or accessories. You don't make like doilies for your household appliances? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. And I don't make curtains or cushions or anything like that. I don't even mend clothes, to be honest, because it sucks. So I mostly make like dresses and skirts and tops and pants and coats. I make a good chunk of my clothes, actually. What do you like about sewing? I like that it's problem solving, which is, um, it, it's a little bit, it's not really a puzzle uh, because you already know like all the, all the steps you have to take and everything, but there's so much problem solving because uh, whatever is written on paper that you have to take as steps to make like a blouse or a skirt. Well, then if you put it on a real body, uh, you have a lot of problems that are not going to be in those steps, right? That you need to figure out like, oh, why is there like, weird uh, drag mark here that I need to figure out. So I I really like that. I like that it helps me. I'm a pretty stressed and anxious person. Uh, and making video games is pretty stressful as well. Like it's it's quite the intense job. Uh, I've, so, I've never heard that. I, right? I don't it's know. So I, quiet. I think it's supposed to be a very laid back job. <laughs> exactly. Low pressure. Um, so yeah, so I like sewing is helped me focus. It helps me like not think about work or anything else because you have to be 100% uh, in that moment. Otherwise you make mistakes. And uh, since I like fancy fabric, uh, mistakes are very expensive <laughs> as well. Uh, so yeah, it really helps me focus. And also at the end, you have something to wear that fits me. And like, I'm a plus size person. So finding clothes that fit me, that I like, is not a given. It's not that easy. Uh, so it's just an added bonus. That's very cool. So you knit and sew, right? Like, what's the difference? I mean, it's a completely different activity. But for, the, for you, like, are there times where you're like, oh, I feel more like knitting and I feel more like sewing? Or is it based on what you want to make? It's really how I feel. So for example, in like sewing... 
I'm not one of those person who can only do like 30 minutes of sewing every day. Like I have to say, okay, today I'm going to sew for the next seven hours and barely eat or drink because I get a little bit too focused. Like I need quite a few hours focused to do some, to do like proper sewing. While knitting, I can pick it up and knit for five minutes. And it's still going to calm me down because knitting is, knitting is very meditative, right? It's very repetitive and it's, I don't know, there's something in like working with something that's it's so like fidgeting. pretty. It's like, a, it's like a fidget toy almost. Yes. Yeah, but there's also like the, it's very um, comforting, mm-hmm. right? At least for me, <laughs> uh, because, right, it's like something beautiful that you... Uh, that you found, I don't know, like, I also like buying yards and trips or stuff like that, or there's something special online. So it has like a significance to it as well. And I think mm-hmm. for me, it, I don't know, it makes it extra special, even if it's just making like a scarf or dish uh, towels or something like that. So they really fit different purpose. Um, I have to say that during the pandemic, I had way less focus. Uh, so I knitted a lot more than I sewed. Also, making at leisure is of no interest to me. And that's all <laughs> I've been wearing for a year. Uh, so I've sewed a, li- a lot less. I didn't you, you buy don't, less. You don't, like, you don't like uh, sewing up leather stuff? Is it, is it because like you don't like working with stretchy fabric? or Stretchy fabric is really not my fave. But also, I don't... Like, I don't find it as fun to make as to make like a pretty dress. Okay. <laughs> so I mostly sew for summer, basically, <laughs> uh, because that's when I wear all my dresses. But I do want to get a little bit more into like practical sewing, but it's not something I'll ever like enjoy as much. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely understand how you want to have like a big chunk of time set aside for sewing. Because it is something that you kind of have to lay out. There's multiple steps to just like getting like one seam done, right? Like you have to lay out your fabric, you have to iron it, you have to like pin it together and then you sew it and you're like, okay, but like, like if you had like 15 minutes, like you can't. (laughs) There's a lot of people who do that though. Really? Like people who have a super, like I follow a lot of sewists on Instagram and, um, like they're like people who have a really high output in garments uh, or sewing project. Like they seem to do that a lot. Like, oh, I just have an hour after work. I'm gonna like, right? Like it's still an hour you're gonna put on your garment. There's some yeah. hacks you can do for that. I've tried to do that. Like for example, uh, batch cutting. So that means okay. Here's my six oh, okay. next garment I want to make. So gonna cut tonight it all I'm right going to spend like four hours cutting fabric, which is the which is not the fun part of sewing. It's backbreaking also at our age. <laughs> I remember when I started and I was like, oh, I'm going to cut fabric on the floor and like never having like a bad back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at forty that doesn't happen anymore. But <laughs> I don't think I ever cut fabric on the floor i've I've always kind of used like a dining table i used to cut it on the floor it's it actually goes super well because you have a very space, big expense yeah. of space but it's just so painful yeah. <laughs> but yeah so there's a way to do it uh, i tried for me like i have 10 projects cut out right now but now i've lost interest in them so i'm getting <laughs> new ones 
So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was never very good at sewing. So I was always, and I was never, I, I never did enough for to be super comfortable with it. So whenever I was sewing something, it's all, I'm always like trying to like figure out what exactly it is that I was trying to do as well. So generally it would take me a long time <laughs> to do really simple things because I like, I'm just kind of just, and I was fighting with a sewing machine a lot because the sewing machine that I have is pretty old and um, and industrial, I, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it was it's a household sewing machine. It's a okay. you know, it's a uh, it's a a Singer featherweight, but it's also a hundred years old. So like, it just doesn't have a lot of like things that make make it like kind of easier than yeah. certain like like for example, I I have I've yet to figure out how the like the tension really works on the on the sewing machine and it's really hard to figure out because like the bottom tension you have to like basically like flip it over and there's like a screw and then like <laughs> the top tension has this dial but like it's like is it corresponding i'm not even sure and of course i was trying to work on denim so like already like it's not an easy fabric for, to just kind of pick up and like it has to really power through it and i was using thick thick threads so like i'm like like i really didn't make it easy for myself <laughs> yeah yeah cotton is a little bit easier <laughs> for sure like normal like a yeah. short fabric but uh, but at the same time right i was trying to darn like salvage denim oh, like yeah and we're we're talking about like possibly I mean, between even my lighter jeans are like 14 ounces and the yeah. heavier jeans are like in the 20 ounce range. So like it's it's heavy duty shit. Yeah. And darning so, is like, not easy either. I mean, darning itself, I kind of got a hang of it. But like like the problem was tension. I can never seem to get like the tension right on the sewing machine. Either like it was too tight and like I, w I kept on breaking the thread or like it was not tight enough and then it just wouldn't consistently catch and mm. uh, like I basically gave up because like and I thought about like or do I want to buy like a because <laughs> like you can get a darning sewing machine but it's like it's huge first of all and there's a there's a company in Montreal that actually makes it there's a company that makes custom sewing machines uh industrial sewing machines it's two thousand dollars and oh. another eight hundred dollars for a custom desk for it and I was like do I want to do that? And I was like, see, for $2,000, I would buy like the Bernina machine of my dream, yeah. which is a brand of machine. I, I understand for people listening that it, it doesn't ring any bell, but it's a really fancy machine and they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a fancy machine to be fair. I have like my grandmother's singer from the seventies. I also have her actual, um, wedding sewing machine that's also a singer in a wooden case but i've never used it i'm too afraid i'm gonna break it like it's an heirloom that she gave to my mom that my mom gave me, i mean so. like old school singers are are beast like i don't think yeah. you can really break it to be honest i know but i would I, be still hard i mean i'm not saying that you should i i've used new sewing machines and i've used old sewing machines yeah. and new sewing machines are way serious <laughs> like even like my 70s by, one by is far. Yeah. Yeah. Like the seventies one I have, like it it's fine. Like it's so it's very straightforward. It does like zigzag, straight stitch, that's it. But that's what you need for most things. Yeah. It's just Yeah, my, my singer doesn't even have a zigzag. Like it's it okay. literally just goes forward and backwards. 
yeah, yeah. My really old one is like that as well. But uh, zigzag is pretty practical. You know, yeah. if you want to M and stuff like that for your well, knits. When I was a kid, I used my mother's, which was, I guess, from the 70s. Or I'm, I guess it must have been from the 80s. She probably bought it new when I was a kid. So, yeah, it was from the 80s. And even compared still. to that, <laughs> granted, like, like my my featherweight is, I think, built, like, I think I've narrowed it down to, like, 1912 or 1911. So... I mean, there was like 70 years of advancement <laughs> between yeah, that that's and the a 80s lot. <laughs> for, uh, yeah, mechanical components. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, uh, and yeah, it's like, right, the new machines, like you're going to have, I don't know, like 40 different type of stitches. But if you, like for me, I don't quilt, I don't embroider either. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need all these fancy ones, but new machines do fancy stuff like, um, automatic threading and automatic uh, button, uh, button hole, which yeah. is the dream. I never sew anything with buttons because I hate sewing button holes. Yeah, just, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pain. I'm I've just bought the shirt pattern, so I'm gonna have to, but because I really want to make it. But um, I know it's gonna take me forever <laughs> to make yeah. it. But, but there's still like a Right, like it's um, like there's still a sense of pride once you finish a garment, like both sewing and knitting. You're like, ah, oh, that's really cool, and like people have this weird idea when you're when at least when I first started, like saying, oh yeah, you know, I make my own clothes, that the clothes I make would be like you, they would look weird like, or something, and like, they would look weird, and I'm like, okay, I'm not like, like a like, look like a sack with a like yeah. a hole in it or something. <laughs> I'm like. 90% of the dresses I wear in summer, I made dresses and skirts. So like 90% of the thing people see me in, in the summer months I made, and pretty sure most of them you can't tell. Yeah. Well, it's rewarding. I, I, I don't think you're, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a lot of your dresses and the, 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 they look great. I don't. I don't think they look like uh, weird hippie sacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not made out of patchwork, which there's nothing wrong with if it's your thing, but it's not mine. When I was talking to Mary Claude, we were talking about shirts and stuff. But uh, I'm kind of tempted to make a shirt because like nothing fits me. I have a weird torso. You absolutely should. I think that's the... Because I'm, I'm too long. My torso is too long for like normal shirts and late, like also my, I don't think I'm that big, but like my, my shoulder and chest and neck are too big for like the typical size that I would fit in. So either like yeah. this, like sh my shoulders fit and then I'm like this, it's this like weird baggy stuff going around on my, um, in the, in the, like the belly area or like it just like just doesn't fit and that's kind of been my issue lately see that's the thing when you start to sew you at least especially like i'm mostly like in in fat uh fat sewist like group and stuff like that like in curvy sewist group uh, i don't uh, see fat as being a negative word it's just an adjective but when you start to sew, you start to, instead of thinking, like, it's your body that doesn't have the right shape for the shirt. No, it's the shirt that's just fucking oh, wrong. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm <laughs> right. just saying, like, I no, think that's what sewing there are some you. people who have, like, really kind of, like, 
typical shapes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or shapes like that, the, yeah. the, the block that they make clothes yeah. on. But, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not on that block, yeah. yeah. But like, I have the same. And, and that's I don't the have the problem with thing. pants. Like, most, like, I generally I don't have that much of a problem finding pants. So, yeah, it's, it's mostly a shirt thing for me. Yeah. But when I started to do it, it was basically because I wanted more vintage clothes. And, like, I'm a big girl and I'm tall. So, like, yeah, there's I could nothing see, from, yeah. like, the old time that fits someone that's 5'7". That, a woman that's 5'7". Oh. So, um, so, I made, like, reproduction dresses. Because also I, I found back then that the vintage reproduction had really poor fabrics. Uh, and I don't like synthetic fabric, so I started to make reproduction dresses. And that's like that's the great thing when you sew is that, um, for example, if I take a pattern, I'm gonna grade between sizes, right? Because like my bottom half, my waist, and my top half really don't have the same size. But, yeah, you can okay, you measure. You're measuring and you're making yeah. it to your size. Yeah. So you like to... LBN, I don't know, like a twenty on top, maybe a twenty-eight for the hips or whatever. But and I'm just gonna grade them. Sometimes it doesn't work out so well, but you adjust. <laughs> I keep on thinking that I, I, I want to get back into sewing, but I'm, you really should. Honestly, if you I know don't have how the to time do and I don't have stitch, the space, I think that's uh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the most difficult thing. Because like, I could try to do it in my basement, but the basement basement is a bit dusty and. But sewing is messy, so maybe that's a good thing. But then I would have to put my woodworking stuff somewhere else. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. That's that, true. That's kind of like a like a I don't know like a more practical dad thing that I have <laughs> because like I don't know I have to or fix you, stuff around the house and yeah or you could you could sign up for like, like a, a portable work, machine yeah then you can just set it up when you sew and just pack it in after that's it's what I true. used to do for years my first dress I actually brought my machine to my mom where I spent the summer and that's where I made it. And it was like super crappy machine from Walmart, maybe a hundred dollar one. It really wasn't a good machine, but the dress still holds to the to this day, right? If you if you can sew like a straight stitch, you can make pretty much anything. Maybe not every fabric, because there's some <laughs> fabrics that are yeah, more like, challenging. Yeah, you can't like for sure. Like fabric. you definitely you definitely need a serger for certain. No, not even really. No, no, no. You can manage on a zigzag stitch. You need a zigzag oh, okay. and a straight stitch. Yeah, it's it's maybe a little bit a little bit less clean, and you get a little bit less stretch. Okay, but it works. Okay, well, let's get back into game development. So, what do you think you get out of sewing and knitting that you don't from game development? Uh, for me, it's really the it's managing actually the stress of the job. Not just the job, but like life in general. Like, it gives me like um, quiet and focus on things that are also in my control, right? Because at at works, not not every problem we can solve, not every problem are in our control. So it really helps with that. And uh, like I said, like with knitting, is it's much more about like the mindfulness of it as well, right? You're really in the moment. It's really quieting kind of meditative repetitive movement that i really like and it helped me like i knit almost every night like um when i watch tv and stuff like that i always knit and it really makes a difference like i see it in my behavior when i 
don't put time aside to like knit and sew and do those crafting things that I enjoy, it really does impact my mental health and how I am at work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is nice to have something to do when you're looking at stuff. Like I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I decided to cut off the sleeves of my denim jacket and make a vest and put a bunch of patches on it. So there was like a month and a half where I was just sewing patches whenever I was sitting around doing something. And it was really nice because like you felt like you were being useful even if you were <laughs> watching something, which I don't know. It's somehow, I mean, especially with a kid, like you, mm. I, I feel like I don't get a lot of time like between work and, you know, having a kid. Like it's, I feel like I always should be doing something. Even if I'm not doing something, I always should be doing something. And somehow like doing that makes it feel like it's better. <laughs> yeah. It, maybe it feels like you, I don't have kids, so I don't know, but maybe it feels like I've done something for myself. Yeah. Or just I'm being productive. I don't mind not being productive, to be fair. <laughs> so, but what, like, an added benefit that I just realized that recently is also when I knit and I watch TV, I'm like, it doesn't feel like multitasking, like if I'm checking my phone and watch TV. Yeah. Which, like, my phone will give me a bit more anxiety because social media and everything like that. Like, it's not going to calm me down after the, a work day, for example. Mm -hmm. But if I knit and watch murder TV show, which is what relaxes me, <laughs> um, like, that's going to calm me down, right? That's going to, I'm going to focus on the rhythm and just, like, doing all my stitches. But I can't do that with sewing. Like, sewing, it's still, like, a much more energetic mm -hmm. uh, thing. Although I used to um, dresses while watching TV, which is okay. also like a very repetitive, like calming, a little bit like sewing patches. Yeah, hand sewing is very different than machine sewing for sure. Like hand yeah. sewing can be way more like chill. Yeah. Because you can go at your own pace. Exactly. But I wouldn't, like I don't have the patience to hand sew like garments. No, I can do I'm, hems. I'm... <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't either. But <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy, I really enjoyed embroidery though. But it's, um, it just asks you a little bit too much focus. Yeah, like to be counting, able to watch TV the, at the same yeah, time. Because yeah, you're constantly counting. Embroidery, not so much counting, but just like, you Precision. know, like swapping colors and yeah. like making sure there's no nuts. And it's very delicate. I'm going to go back to it when I retire or something. <laughs> when you have the time and patience. Yes. Yes, I think I might like patience, actually, for embroidery. I'm a bit my, more of a brute first person. <laughs> my grandmother did a lot of embroidery. Actually, both of my grandmothers did a lot of yeah. embroidery. Doesn't your mom also? No. My mom does all the things. It's crazy. <laughs> she also doesn't do anything casually as well. So a friend of hers had a small child, and she wanted to get her a tutu because, like, she was, I think, doing ballet or something. And she was like, oh, well, all the tutus that you can buy are really ugly. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to make a tutu. So she made a tutu. And then like like a normal person would probably stop there. But instead, my mother made like 50 after <gasps> that. But why? Because my mother's really extra, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're amazing. Like they have like these... I'll show you sometimes, but like it's yeah, she makes really nice things. Yeah, she's uh, they're very elaborate <laughs> and like intricate things, but uh, and also the fabric in Japan is to yeah, die for. It's it's, it's really to die for. <laughs> my mostly I my travels she... are decided by fabrics and food. <laughs> I think she uh, imports some stuff too because I think tool. I think she gets from somewhere else. Yeah, that might be, but like. 
the quality of cotton fabrics I found in Japan. And linen is just, it's just amazing. <laughs> so let's flip that question over. How do you think your sewing and knitting affects you as a game developer in terms of your output or creative process? That's a more difficult question. I think it helped in my problem solving to maybe attack things from a different angle, as you have to do in sewing, things like that. I think, like I said, it, it makes me, because it helps manage my stress and anxiety, It, I think it does make me a better manager, a better boss, and a better um, producer in general. And when we were in person as well, it does give me more confidence. Like when I wear something that I made, that I'm proud of, that I feel great in because it fits me perfectly, it gives you a lot more confidence to go in front of a room and present like a new change you want to implement or just talk in a meeting with people maybe you don't know or people who are much higher up than you. So that's an added benefit. And like in in day-to-day, -day, now that we always work with on Zoom, uh, like some people fidget or anything when they are on Zoom meetings, I knit. If I don't have to take notes or if I'm more of an observer, I, I knit. I always have like a second project on my desk so I can knit because otherwise, uh, and I think, but I'm going to go check my email or go check Slack yeah, you, or anything. It's your mind too wanders, easy. Yeah. yeah. So it helps me like be in the moment. I knit, I knit stuff super simple when I'm in a meeting, so I really don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. But at least it makes my hand busy <laughs> and it means I'm not going to go and click anywhere else. I hope that when we go in person again, I might have a desk knitting as well <laughs> for when we have in-person meeting. Like I was never, um, I, I was never game <laughs> or willing to do it before in the before world. But like maybe... public knitting in public? Oh, I knit in public all the time, but in meetings, yeah. no, I was never a game, but I should have because I, it does help me like be more focused. I think we all have the attention span of a squirrel now, or most, yeah. I do. <laughs> I used to doodle a lot at, in meetings. Yeah. Little, little drawings. I don't, I, I've never doodled. I don't know why. It's just, yeah. Editing. I take a lot of notes. Like when we had a meeting, person uh, in-person meeting, mm -hmm. I noted pretty much everything that was said in a meeting because it was the only way for me to ensure that I would stay focused and listen properly. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't have that much of a problem like paying attention in a like an in-person meeting, unless it's like one of those meetings where it's like four hours long and I'm not even sure where I'm there. Where I'm there, then I'm like, I have not paying attention for the last two hours and somebody talks to me and I'm like, what? But but yeah, generally speaking, I, I, I don't know. In-person stuff is okay. I do do have a hard time keeping focus on a Zoom call. I mean, I guess it really depends on my day. Like if I'm having a really distracted day. Yeah. And the topic as well, right? Like if it's a thing where I'm really involved in everything, like... Yeah, for me, it's, it's problem, really but... not even topic-based. It's really kind of how I'm doing. Hmm. Like I think if anything... Something I really noticed with the pandemic and kind of working remotely is how much my how much I fluctuate in terms of how I'm doing that day. Because like before there were so many, you know, like there was so much stuff going on and there's like external factors. It was really kind of hard to just kind of nail down like, oh, this is just kind of how I am. Now, like every day I'm for the most part in the, you know, in alone, you know, and 
So it's whatever I'm kind of bringing to the the thing. And some days I'm very focused and it's fine. I can do these things for hours. And then there's other days where I'm just like, just struggling to pay attention to a single meeting. Yeah. I, I found that focusing like now that we're from home is for me, it's much more difficult, especially when I'm not in a meeting. Yeah, I, I, I have a really hard time working at yeah. home as well. I realize now that I kind of needed the external pressure to be motivated and to keep my motivation. I still do a lot, I mean, in my day, but there's part of me that's wondering, like, is it because for so many years we were in kind of rush mode all day, every day while we were at work? Mm -hmm. uh, or is it, and my output is just normal, but it just feels quieter because... Right. There's no one talking around me. There's no one like running or right. It's much more quiet since I'm alone. Or is it really because I do less? As a producer, your output's less tangible anyway, right? Like it's not like you're you're judged by the number of reports you put out or the number of like, you know, emails you write. Like it's really based on Do we so, hit our targets? Yeah, do we hit our targets? <laughs> yeah. So no, it's true. How how you're doing? I mean, it's really hard to judge our performance in some ways because it's like, do you have a great team or are you doing a great job? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I like, think we self doubt ourselves a lot. Yeah. I think because we're you know we're in the business of managing people and like kind of like judging people's performance. So I think we think about our own a lot. <laughs> That's true. And like, I've started at Square Enix uh, about seven months ago, I think, like in the fall. And I was coming from four years of live operations on Rainbow Six at Ubisoft. Which so is go, 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 go. Yeah. Which is go, go, go. Because yeah, every three and, months you have a, you have, yeah. you have to be out and. And now like my game is not out yet. So it's a very different yeah, space. Really, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Like I went from like Rainbow wasn't my last project before I went indie, but like I went from that to a DLC that I had like three months to finish, which was kind of the same thing. And then like last project I worked on was kind of like pretty high pressure project as well. Yeah. And short deadlines, kind of high pressure. And now we're now, now I'm, I'm on a project and we started in 2019 and we're not done yet. So <laughs> it's a much longer kind of timeline yeah. without like something, you know, like that I need to deliver like right now. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand how that kind of really shifts the, the rhythm. I yeah. have no desire to go back to live. <laughs> uh, I, well, you're going to go back eventually, right? Because yes, you're gonna, game's, yes, game's going to come out. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I and I do really enjoy live, uh, live games, like working on live games as well. But mobile is I, quite I different it. as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it's I don't know. It's a uh, live is such a different beast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it had to do with where what I was doing in live because like I was trying to fix a pipeline while producing content and releasing every three months. So like that three combination really made it this like i felt like i was constantly working against myself <laughs> yeah i i can't go i can't go into too much detail but yeah and but i think also there's just people who don't like working on live games and that's perfectly fine like it's a different set of problems to mm -hmm. solve as well right 
I hate being in conception phase. Yeah, but I like, think that's typical uh, for management. Because <laughs> <yeah. laughs> there's less to manage. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And, the, and, and you can't, and you can't estimate person. anything either. And you can't yeah. estimate anything. You're like, how long is it going to take to find fun? I don't know. <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> exactly. And like, I'm not, I know some producers are much more involved in their creative process. And like, I'm, I'm not that type of producer. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm like, even in my sewing, I'm not that creative either. Like, I follow pattern to a T. I'm not going to make modification unless it's to fit me better. Like, I'm not going to add a flounce or, and I'm not going to sew stuff without a pattern. I don't have that type of creative creativity. I like to follow rules. And <laughs> yeah, I, my, my sewing projects have been significantly more chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Like one year I like, I like, I decided I was, well, I mean, but they're very simple as well. You know, like I, I made like, you know, Christmas stockings and I was like, uh, I guess this is how I'm going to do it. And it just kind of went with it and like, uh, it worked, it worked mostly. Yeah. It worked mostly like kind of there. I mean, I made three of them and I would say one of the, like the third one I made is actually pretty good, but the, the first two are kind of odd shaped <laughs> yeah but that's for all the sewing like my first dress i wore it a lot but now i look at it and it's god damn it it's kind of a train wreck <laughs> yeah but you couldn't see it right <laughs> from the outside but it's kind of a train wreck yeah. uh, but uh, some of my made, most worn stuff are yeah i also made um did you ever play silent hill do you know yes. pyramid head yeah like i made a pyramid head costume one year and i just kind of was like ah this is whatever it's supposed to look awful i'm just gonna kind of go with it kind of measured it <laughs> kinda. yeah but i remember i've seen this costume it worked fine yeah it was fine <laughs> and did your seam hold on all day yeah well that's the thing like it's that's the, that's the one thing you can say about the the single featherweight like <laughs> those, it's sturdy yeah those those stitches are tight yeah <laughs> Uh, for the first few years when I made my clothes, I would always have a small sewing kit in my purse because I, I had this like unfounded fear. That's going to that, rip. <laughs> that it's going to like, just fall one apart. of the steam is just going to fall apart when I'm wearing because I made it. Uh, that says a lot about my self-confidence, but <laughs> I don't, I don't travel with a sewing kit anymore. I have more confidence that, that, that my stuff's going to hold. You realize the commercially made clothes are not necessarily that much <laughs> sturdier nope. either. Nope. Not at all. Well, I think it's time to wrap up. What's something that you want people to know about sewing and knitting? For people who are interested in sewing or knitting, I would say it's really simpler than it looks. Like people are not lying when they say that anyone can sew or anyone can knit. If you, in knitting, if you knew how to, if you learn how to knit and purl, which are the two main knitting you need, you can make a sweater. You just have to learn how to increase, and that's super easy. You can make anything if you know how to do those two, those two. And for sewing, if you know how to sew in a straight line, you can make a dress, a skirt. A shirt is a little bit more complicated because you have buttons. <laughs> but you can make a lot of simple things. And also, to not trust people or believe people that say you have to start with a scarf if you're knitting, or you have to start with, like, 
home stuff if you're sewing because I tried those and that's why all the time I failed to really get into my hobbies. It's because I started with those simple things that for me are too boring. I can't do it. I have to have something more challenging. And you have to be motivated about what you want to produce, right? Like you can't, Yeah. like that's the thing. When you do something that's like, oh, well, this is just, I heard that about actually about indie games, like because some people are like, I saw this blog this, this Japanese guy that writes a lot about game development. And he said, like, do not do tutorials. Like, if you want to make indie games, like, just make a game. Like, you'll learn all the things that you need to do to make a game. But you're making the game that you want to make rather than, like, some dumb tutorial that, like, you're just basically going to throw away because yeah. you're just not going to have the motivation. Exactly. And, like, sewing and knitting, like, I think especially sewing... Like, if you look at the pattern, like, to know if it's simple or not, it's more to not look at the, if the output looks simple or complex, but more, what are the skills you need to make this pattern? And then you increase by skills, right? Uh, you can have a super complex dress that, but the only skills you need is to sew a straight line and to, like, put in a sleeve, maybe, or not even put in a zipper. Uh, that's only two skills. You have to learn basically while you can have something that looks super simple but will require you to do like fancier seam or to put in uh, elastic or hidden zipper or buttonholes and stuff like that so it's really like a list of skills that you can kind of tick off i honestly i don't have that much skills in sewing i'm not very adventurous <laughs> but what i do i do it well because i always do kind of the same thing because that's what i like to sew and that's what that's what i like to wear as well right but i'm currently trying to make a swimsuit so that's a new skills let's see how it goes <laughs> and um for people who don't craft i think the thing i would like people to be more conscious about <laughs> maybe is how much time and money people who craft put into their hobbies and that not every hobby needs to be monetized uh, because I think I most people who craft in their spare time have had people and sometimes very insistently uh, tell you you should have an Etsy shop or whatnot. But I do that to remove stress from my life, not to add more. Yeah, to run a side <laughs> business, like yeah. it's, it's just stressful. And a lot of times, like you, like I feel like you make things like that are nicer than what you want to buy, like what you can buy, right? So if you put a price tag that makes sense, like yeah. you just kind of put yourself out of the market. And I feel like that's kind of what ends up happening, right? Yeah. Like because, you either um, yeah. make like something if, that's really cheap and you can kind of spit out, or like you, it just ends up being very expensive. Yeah. And stressful again. Yeah. Like, if someone wants to do it, perfect. But for me personally, that's also why I am a very selfish sewist. I don't really sew for other people, except for kids, because that's quick and easy. Um, because that adds pressure as well, right? Like, I'm an anxious person. If I'm making something for someone else, I will put so much pressure on myself for it to be perfect. <laughs> and it's never going to be perfect because yeah. it's a craft. It's not perfect. That's the beauty of it. But, uh, and it's also, it's very expensive. People don't yeah. realize how expensive fabric is. Yeah, I know. It's shit. crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm currently looking at making like just a pair of pants, like, uh, and I want to make them in chambray. And like in my size, making a pair of pants, it's a hundred dollar worth of fabric. I could probably buy them for cheaper, <laughs> but they're not going to fit me as well. Yeah. So like, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. That was, that was a lot of fun and uh, have a good afternoon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Bye. Thank you for listening. And please remember to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Thank you to Dave Wallace for providing the music. And thank you to Therese Lance for providing the logo. Bye.